All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my kinky torn torn. Shields up, Captain. This landing is going to get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die. Perhaps today is a good day to die. Someone ever tries to kill you, you try to kill him right back. Control, control, you must run control. We are controlling transmission. Captain, incoming message. Also, I can kill you with my brain. Make it so. The kinky torn torn. This may smell that good. I want it. But they smell bad on the outside. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, Jeffrey! Hello. Guess what time it is? Time for the kinky tauntaun. Um, wait, what? It's the, kink- the kinky what? Tauntaun. What? What are those? What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Well, they're these creatures from Hoth, and some of them like to kind of rub up against you. They're, those are the oh, kinky ones. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it's it's been forever since it, it seems since we've done a podcast, man. I know, but this is episode fifteen, actually, not sixteen. It, it, it's episode fifteen. Yep. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's up there, right? <laughs> we, we we got fifteen. I remember the last one we did, Jeffrey, was the. Uh, Transformers. 25th anniversary of Transformers. Yep. <clears throat> that was back in September. I don't know if you, I don't know if you, if you recall, but that was that was back in September. I know. That was Um and I think I even told you I'd ordered the uh the special Blu-ray 25th anniversary edition and I I wanted to start the show off by telling you not only if I watched it not once, not twice, but I think I've seen it a total of 3 times since I bought the Blu- the Blu-ray and I wanted to share with you some kernels of wisdom I learned by watching Transformers the movie. I mean, as as a young lad back in 1986, eight years old, I I I I didn't realize I was learning these lessons, but I learned them, sir. I learned and wh- them. And what were they? Okay. Um. One is never trust anyone with a phallic-looking head, no matter how much they beg for mercy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, the next thing I learned was we all need loyal yes men like Soundwave in our lives. True. Yes. Yes, we do. Oh. <laughs> um, and you know, in 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 watching some of the extras on the DVD, uh, of course, I've always loved the soundtrack anyway. But I have to throw this out there. Um, I learned that I can dare to believe that I can survive. What's that song that you like so much from Transformers? Uh, don't don't it, well dare 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 is a great one. I can't remember it. Sing sing oh, a little Jesus bit for Christ. us. Sing a little um, bit for us. Dare dare to believe you can't survive. Something, something like that. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's, it's uh, a glorious singing voice that I have. Um, the other thing I learned is that Orson Welles could sell used cars and still sound like he deserves an Oscar near death 
as well. Uh, apparently, he weighed like 500 pounds and had to like waddle oh through the door and had a hard oh time breathing. God. And oh according to the, these extras that I watched, uh, they they didn't think that they were going to be able to salvage the audio because there's a bunch of like munching on <laughs> junk food and heavy heavy breathing. Like, <laughs> it pleasures me to be the first. <clears throat> oh, is that a Cheeto? Yeah, right there. <laughs> so like, uh, but you know, it, but but they salvaged it and it sounded what? amazing. Why this noise? Yeah, right, chip, right. Chip bag noises. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, does that mean you have a chip bag next to you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next stop, Orson Welles, motherfuckers. It um, another me thing to be I learned, first. Jeff, is you can light your darkest hour with the Matrix. You just have to figure you out. Can light, you can light your farts on fire. I didn't. I didn't learn that in the Matrix. <laughs> I learned that freshman year in the dorm. <laughs> oh, ass hair singed. Um, no. What? Did I never tell you the story? <laughs> no. Oh, freshman year, college, sitting around the dorm room, lighting her farts on fire because that's what 18 year old, 18 year old boys do when, when, when told that they're legal adults and are accountable to no one. Uh, you, you, you get drunk and light your farts on fire. Um, so I was wearing jeans and I farted and was like, oh, oh yeah, that's awesome. But the dude who was the roommate across from me, he was wearing like, you know, gym shorts or like uh, basketball shorts with the nylon mesh or whatever. And, uh, he, he lit his on fire and then he like bolted up and <laughs> said, oh my God, it's burning on the inside. So apparently... <laughs> Uh, you you need to wear thicker material on your bottom to light your farts. Otherwise, it kind of the it, it will <laughs> go up inside a little bit. And well, plus send your ass hair. That type of material melts and like sticks what? to you. Um. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, bringing this back around to the wisdom from Transformers the movie, Jeffrey. Uh, you can light your darkest hour with the Matrix. You just have to figure out what your Matrix is. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we need to insert the NBC the more you know da, 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 da. Um, and the last thing I learned of course and this is probably the song that you were referring to Jeffrey but uh, I've got the touch yes. I've got the power yes okay. you got All right. the touch you got All right. the I, power I figured, I figured you'd like that for a little treat um, I, I'm ready I'm ready for this Jeffrey it's what are we so talking long. about today? We've had so much that we probably could have talked about, but we didn't. We were on vacation of sorts. Um, but there, there's just too much going on to not talk about what we're going to talk about today. And that happens to be, ladies and gentlemen, Westworld. Yeehaw. Oh, what? Did you just yeehaw? Yeah. God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> We went an entire season without a single yeehaw of that show, but you just did it. So, congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, I, I guess by saying yeehaw, does that mean you typically don't like westerns? No, I like westerns. Oh, really? Really? See, like I'm, I'm not necessarily anti-western at all. I'm, ex I'm just extremely picky about them. Like. 
you know, the Man with No Name trilogy, of course. Good, Bad, the Ugly, um, all that. And Two like, Mules for Sister Sarah. I even like Outlaw Joseph Wales. I actually watched that uh, recently, and I was like, eh, it's all right. But I mean, I, I, I liked Unforgiven better, but you We're, know, yeah, Unforgiven and Tombstone. Tombstone. Tombstone's an un, unsung classic, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a western, but. Uh, it was sort of in its own time. You had like the Kevin Costner, Wyatt Earp movie that came out right around, I think right after that, actually. I was trying to capitalize prefer, off that, but. I prefer Tombstone. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Tombstone's got, it, it's a good movie. It's it's not one of my favorites, but I definitely like it. And I will, I will, I need, I feel the need to preface this by saying that I'm not the biggest Western fan, but I do like some Westerns if they're done well, like Tombstone. Tombstone was done well. And there are, of course, some definite classics. Um, anyway, so having said that, let's go ahead and launch into the conversation about where we come into the Westworld thing. And I, I'm going to tell you, Jeffrey, I, I don't know if you are in the same boat, but I saw the original Westworld probably back in late 80s, late like 87, 80, 89. In between there is probably the first time I saw the Westworld movie. I might have even seen it a little bit earlier than that. What, you didn't see it when it came out? <laughs> well, I wasn't alive in 1973. Oh, okay. so, Reincarnation. No. No. Um, but anyway, uh, so it, I think I watched it then once. I watched it at some point again in the 90s. And then I hadn't watched it again until... I heard that they were doing this Westworld show with with Jonathan Nolan being the producer. Of course, we don't know Jonathan, Jonathan Nolan is the uh, co writer or main writer for like Memento and uh, Interstellar, and the you know the, his brother is Christopher Nolan, the guy who directs who directed those films. And Talented so, you brothers. Know, you, you always knew that you know, he, he, he writes quality stuff, and he writes stuff that you have to think about. So I started getting a little stoked about this, and then like, well, let's see, the Westworld movie. I remember kind of liking it, but not, like, I liked the idea of it more than I actually liked the movie. And Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I bought the DVD, because it was $5 on Amazon, and uh, you and your wife came over, and we all sat there, and we watched the 1973 Westworld star- yeah, starring they, uh, James Brolin and Yul Brenner, and um, and that who is the other guy who actually ended uh, up being some the, schmo who gives a fuck about that guy. <laughs> but uh, one thing I remember from watching the movie is like, shit, they haven't like said a word in like fifteen fucking minutes. <laughs> no, like that. That's okay. That you know, honestly, in that era of filmmaking, that's not atypical at all. I mean, consider yeah, no. two thousand one: A Space Odyssey is from what nineteen sixty nine. Or 68. Um, you know, the, the first like, two 20 minutes, long. there's no <laughs> 20, 30 minutes, there's no fucking dialogue. And even after that, there's very little dialogue. It's all storytelling well, visually. There's grunts and screams and stuff. That, yeah, that, we're not counting that. That's not dialogue. <laughs> anyway, um, so we watched it, and I'm like, all right, you know, it's okay. It makes me wonder what they're going to do with the show until your wife's like, yeah, that was just Jurassic Park, but with robots. <laughs> and then she even quoted one of the lines I'm like shit that's fucking from jurassic park <laughs> so like well, it, it completely it ruined the, the movie for me say what it was, 
Wasn't it written by the same person? Too? Yeah, Michael Crichton, you know, of Jurassic Park fame, amongst many other things, wrote the screenplay for the 1973 Westworld, as well, of course, Jurassic World and all sorts of other things. But, uh, yeah, it's Jurassic Park, <laughs> but with robots. <laughs> Thank you, Jeffrey's wife. <laughs> you ruined my childhood! <laughs> Not really. I mean, like I said, I didn't have that much affinity for it, but like I said, it was it was the idea of it. But anyway, uh, so that so there we go. Uh, had you ever seen the movie up until that point? If I did, I don't remember. Oh uh, well, not, there's not a. I even remember watching its sequel, Future World, but I remember that one even <laughs> less. It's like even back then, when I was like ten years old, watching Future World, I was like, "But Westworld just killed a bunch of people. Why are we gonna do this again?" And, of course, it happens again. You're like, oh, well, I could have fucking told you that. Well, Robots go doing... crazy and kill everybody. Well, they keep trying Jurassic Park over and over again. Well, <laughs> uh, it's like herbivores. See, this is Make like a herbivores. That's this it. This is like a, a cautionary tale, man. We, we got to the point where so much of ho- what Hollywood is doing is just rehashing the same stuff. But... It's not necessarily in and of itself that the rehash that's bad. It's just they wanted to improve on a good idea. Because, like, I guess I'm guessing Jonathan Nolan and company saw the original movie and like, yeah, it's a pretty cool idea. I wonder if we can make it. Oh, we got this great idea to make it better. And that's what they did. Because there's no comparison. Do you like the concept better than the actual movie? Same as you. Exactly. And there's no comparison. You cannot tell me that the show is not better than that, that movie. You, just, you, you can't. Anyway. I, I could uh, lie and say it, but that's about it. Well, it'd be a, you it'd could. Be a really, really big and lie. And then I would call you a dirty bastard. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so... Um, was, it, was it you called me the other day? I don't uh, know. I call you all sorts of things. <laughs> we, <laughs> you said, thank you, you wee sexy bastard, and I typed back. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I am none of you those. You wee sexy bastard. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. I'm neither thank wee you. nor sexy nor bastard. <laughs> um, you don't have to be, Jeffrey. You can, you can be those things in spirit. I mean, spirit. Come on, that's the world we live in. Just because, <laughs> just because you have a penis does not make you a man. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. Are are uh, are you going to mansplain this? You cisgendered <laughs> bastard? I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Um I I guess you don't really follow the whole identity politics thing. Oh, I do, but I wasn't thinking oh, about okay. that. Okay. And anyway, anyway, um, all right. So, uh, do we do we need to talk? I mean, we we know that uh, Jonathan Nolan produced as well as J.J. Abrams, and I have to be honest, I was actually surprised he was attached because even though J.J. does some good stuff, he's also sort of notorious for fucking the good stuff up. <laughs> um, I mean, Force Awakens, I liked it, but he did fuck some things up. Uh, you you already know I'm a huge Lost fan. He fuck some things but, up yeah. and, you know prob- probably the 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 mother of all fuck-ups for jj abrams was when he said that carrie russell could cut her hair for uh felicity no <laughs> yeah yeah that's right jj abrams did that show and she <clears throat> cut her hair and people were like speaking of lost what, what? speaking yeah. of lost and tangents um you know, i said no. the other 
We don't have tangents. <laughs> save, you save your tangents for your trigonometry, <clears throat> oh. sir. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. I was said <clears throat> even this would have been a better ending for Lost if they would have just at right before. All right, we're you know right before they're going to film the last scene, they cut away and show the cameras and everyone and the director goes, "All right, cut. We'll do the final scene tomorrow. Everybody go home. Good job." That would have been a better ending. See, I I disagree. That um, it would have been, that it was a tele no. You know, it was a television show about a television show all the time. No, no. See, uh, <laughs> I I I have my own theories, and maybe one day when you know we've both watched it like a second or third time, we can have this like conversation about okay. Lost. But uh, I I love that show. And I have my own ideas, and I, of course, I follow, I follow Damon Lindelof pretty well because he does the show The Leftovers, which I like a lot. And oh. even he says that most the prevailing theory about what happened in the season finale or the series finale of Lost is not what actually happened. People have completely misread it, but the answers are there. Okay. Um, and so I, I definitely have my own ideas on what what went on there. And of course, Lindelof was like, "It's nothing religious, I promise." Which I is, loved I think, Lost what a lot of the, until the hang hang up was. I loved Lost until like the last five minutes. Oh, it's like Battlestar Galactica too, man. <laughs> I actually think that one's worse because that, there's no explaining way that like the, I never that finished two hour watching finale. It. They took it off Netflix. Well, you're a dumb bastard. Then they took it off Netflix. Yeah, yeah you're like, right. You had like four years. Okay. <laughs> I watched fucking Star Trek Voyager, which is like, it's all right. That's still there, though. It took me about four or five years to get through that. Anyway, uh, speaking of tangents, Jeff, let's let's roll this one back in. Uh, We're talking about stay on target. Um, Stay on target. uh, uh, Put 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 the sperm in the hole. There we go. Okay. Um, Anyway, who's Lisa so, Joy? Lisa Joy is the last producer you have named. Yeah, Lisa Joy. I'd never heard. Of. I looked her up on IMDb, of course, and I was like, "Oh, uh, okay." But obviously, she she puts things together pretty well, pretty well with Jonathan Nolan. And I have to, uh, you know, tip tip my hat to her because she contributed something I'm sure that was very valuable. Anyway, um, overall series reactions, Jeffrey. Before we actually talk about. Uh, the specifics um i found it enjoyable thought-provoking all the typical buzzwords <laughs> um you should try to use a word that's not a buzzword like it made my memories steam up with hot wet milk <laughs> uh, it made my testicle ascend and then descend once more oh uh, it made my lips tingle so violently, I thought I was licking the outlet again. It made my nose hairs feel thicker and have more body. <laughs> okay, that, that all right. I'm just gonna go with that. I'm, I'm not gonna try to top that. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. Uh, I thought the acting was excellent. Uh, oh, fuck I was, yeah. Um, I thought, okay, has Anthony Hopkins kind of gotten to the point? Because he, he's a great actor. There's no denying he's a phenomenal oh, actor. Yeah. But I, I, I've kind of thought that the last decade, maybe two, maybe a little bit more, uh, he, he can definitely mail in performances. 
Are you talking about Thor? Wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Which movies? That he mails in performances? Yeah. Um, one movie in particular was, I think it was Instinct with Ryan Gosling. Was that him? Or was that, was that, uh, uh Sean... that was Cuba Gooding Jr. I thought, uh, what, whatever. There's a movie. Okay. Whatever. Uh, there was one of those. Um, I think the I liked one instinct and I liked the edge. Oh, and... see the edge. I can't stay in the edge. Fucking hate oh, really? the edge. Yeah. It's thinking, man, man. Uh, what you'll move out like with his performance a lot in his uh, hearts in Atlantis. That was sad. And with Anton Yelkin. Um, yeah, but that was, a, I mean, like, that was cool. He was he, he was acting it up, and that was probably, like, what, 15 years ago? I'm not uh, going to say that's my last, <laughs> the last Anthony Hopkins performance that I really enjoyed, but it might be the the last Anthony Hopkins. Oh, you talk about mailing in performances. Thor, come on, man. He plays Odin. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> But he, 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 he still, is there. But, <clears throat> he is there for one purpose only, and you can read it in his eyes, just as anyone else could read read the script. I'm here for the money, and he's. But he still did a better job than a lot of other people would have. Come on, no. See, I disagree because really? uh, we have Ian McShane playing the same deity in the American God series, and I I can already tell he's, he's nailing that shit at home. Like he, Ian McShane's got it, got it. I mean, you've seen the trailer. He's got it. Yeah. He, he is exactly what I would imagine a mythological Odin to be. And of course the Marvel is supposed to be different than the mythology necessarily, but, but he's supposed to be a, he's supposed to be a little bit of a bastard and he, he's not giving me bastard vibes unless we're talking about how he's treating Loki. Cause that was kind of bastardy. Yeah. Like, you fucked up your son. It's no wonder he tried to kill you a bunch of times. Anyway, man, we keep going on these tangents. Oi! <laughs> we haven't Look talked for a while. Is that is that what it is? It's Probably. the, uh, we're just kind of, we're, we're, we're spurting. This is, we're pre- prematurely ejaculating here. Verbally. I missed you. <laughs> hey, we should get together and hug. Let's get together. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You know, we have a real good time. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right, let's talk about the shit. So uh, I sent you the outline for this episode, and there's lots of stuff to talk about. And, and because of how the show was structured, let's go ahead and get it out there, that we were not viewing the, the, se- like the, the events of the season were not linear. They were not chronological. No. You had... No. Three different timelines we are pretty sure of. One that you, know, you go far enough in the past, and it's it's Bernard. Well, it's not Bernard. It's Arnold's interactions Arnold. with Dolores, and you know, right when they're starting the park, and then we had the sort of middle part with young William, who we you know who was just coming to the park for the first time. And then, of course, we had the later timeline with the Man in Black, and of course, all the things that were happening with Maeve and everything else that was going on. So. Um, hey, season finale, hey. we got to finally find out whether or not William was, in fact, the man in black, played by Ed I Harris, ca- an, another damn good performance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I figured he was, but it was still I know, Okay. Like, mm. By episode three, I think we, we could have assumed, like, all right, he's probably the man in black. And, you know, you, you could see it even the first episode. I think it was the first episode. When he, 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 like, oh, which hat do you want? He picks the white hat. I'm like, oh, oh, 
He's made him black because he picked the opposite colored hat. He's gonna go bad. Um, I mean, that, I guess I was kind of kind of there, but it's like as the seasons went, the season went on, I was sort of doubting it because it was starting to get too obvious. And I yeah. was wondering if if they were going to pull the rug out from under us and be like, "Oh, that's somebody else this whole time." <laughs> Fuck you guys. But no, in fact, it it William was the man in black. He he and eventually becomes a captain of industry and owns fucking everything including the controlling share of Westworld. Uh and I'm guessing it's subsidiary parks that we learn about in at the uh end of the finale there. Samurai, Samurai World, World maybe some other stuff. Uh, the yeah. original movie had, uh, of course, <clears throat> the sequel had the future world, but we had Roman world, and there was like a medieval world too. Yep, yep. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm actually hoping for some park jumping next season, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, William was Man weird. in Black. What? It was weird to see <sighs> William. The fall right at the end was so fast into being a dick now i mean <sighs> i thought they actually did a really good good job of explaining why he he became like that he kept coming back to the park and of course i forget the actor's name but i i, I know him and remember him and love him best from his work on always sunny in philadelphia playing young william do, do you watch that show I know i've made you watch that show a few times no, not really, but I, you know, I've seen him. I, th- I think I've seen him in Psych, and I think. I, All right, uh, God, God damn it, Jeffrey! Um, I'm gonna have to, you're gonna have to watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, I I might not talk to you until you do. All right, I guess the show's over. You mean after this show? No, I'm talking about right now. I need you to go watch all ten seasons right now. All, All right. right. Never mind. <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 not my number one favorite comedy of all time. But God damn it, it's up there. It's hilarious. But he plays. He's a recurring character on there, and he's pretty awesome. Um, anyway, um, well, you remember his character? What was his name? Marion in Psych. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. He was, aw- he was awesome in those episodes. Yeah, yeah he was. He was. So he, it, he was sort of like meek, mild, and uh, very milk toast individual, and he was getting pushed around by his future brother-in-law, and that was another reason why I didn't necessarily think that he was going to become the man in black. I'm like, this guy's just too much of a pussy. But well, he seemed like out, a nice guy too. He, yeah, yeah, he, he he was sort of a closet psychopath. And, I guess so. And like, he, I I guess what I'm saying is like, I understand that aspect of his character because you know the whole beginning or well i should say the beginning of his story the man in black or william we should call him um he he fell in love with dolores only to come and you know only come to find out that all of that was was not real like even the part where he thought he was off script was all part of the script that she was already programmed to do to be you know follow the maze and become conscious or you know whatever um and I thought the, the the finale did a great job of the flashbacks, you know, of the several times where he had interacted with Dolores in the same fashion to hope to hoping to come to some sort of different conclusion, hoping to come to, you know, the the woman he fell in love with only to see that each time it's just it reset and it didn't matter. So he got tired of her and just did whatever the hell he want. Wanted. Well, yeah, um, it's. I think they should should have shown uh, maybe a few cracks in his personality 
in the first uh what was it the second episode that he was introduced yeah what happened what do you what do you what did you see no i thought they should have put a oh few they cracks, should have a few nah, more character I think, flaws uh, i i i don't so, all right i, I think oh. they they needed to play that as straight as they could until he was willing i mean in a way if you look at the character his character, like who he was as a human being, was very much following this a parallel storyline where, okay, he's human, he was born human or whatever, but he wasn't himself. And you could almost say that he wasn't conscious until he started to suffer. Like, he suffered by seeing oh, that yeah, Dolores yeah. Didn't, didn't remember him, and he kept trying to repeat that, that storyline. And, and suffering he, leads you until eventually, you know, he he scarred up so much from having been hurt so often by by not being remembered that he, his suffering led to his own awakening. It just happened to be that his awakening was as an asshole. But you could also or you could also argue that the same thing happens to Loris when she finally wakes well, yeah, up. And, and I was going to say she kind of she kind of becomes a cut. I was going to say she kind of uh, they they mirror each other very well. Okay, so in that we, aspect. We, we I think we just we just figured a little bit out. I think they both seem like the nicest characters in the entire place. And, and they turn out they, they, they like killing people. Until <laughs> shit gets fucked up. <laughs> Except the yeah. man in black doesn't kill real humans. He he only kills hosts. Only because on and that's the other thing. Is it really killing if you know they're just robots? I mean, um, you you could argue that William isn't really that bad of a guy. He just seems bad. Yeah, um well, it, you could tell that some of the some of the, you know, um mental attributes followed them outside of the park though with his family being afraid of him. Well, his wife was always suspicious of what he did to Logan, his you know, brother-in-law or yeah. whatever. But like I, that's not enough. What do you think happened to him? He just he, he the way I understand it, he just was never really believed. He kind of got fucked in the head and that he was I, th- I got the understanding that his the family sort of viewed Logan as a fuck up anyway, so it was just more of Logan fucking up. So, did you think he just disappeared? No, like I don't. Never found I, his I, body I, or? I don't think he just. No, I'm I'm fairly certain he didn't disappear. As a matter of fact, okay, I'm, I'm fairly certain he went home and just probably started doing drugs and maybe like OD'd or something. You know, like that. That's kind of the future I would have foreseen for him. Um, See, I anyways, wasn't sure because he stripped him naked and had him tied and, and then he yeah. slapped the horse and the horse ran off past the edge of the park where I was wondering, it's like, do they have the sensors and things out there they need to be able to find him in the sun like that? You you wouldn't last very long without your clothes in, that's direct, true. in that, that type of sun. So I was wondering if, did, did oh, he yeah, die? Oh, I yeah. Mean, no, I don't. I, no, I don't think he died. But um, okay. there, there might be something to the contrary. Maybe we'll find shows out. That. Uh, okay, so we'll, we're gonna we're gonna go to where the man in black left off. The we already know that Dolores woke up, so to speak, and became conscious. And um, there's a, a little rebellion that she's leading. I guess she's sort of leading, mm-hmm. even though she would not have known. She's not the one who set the other. You know, retired hosts and Ghost Nation hosts out, and we see them sort of sneaking up on that. Uh, you know, the people who are there, the people from the board and whatnot, and we know that Clementine shoots William in the shoulder, but he's not shot dead. So uh, we we have to assume that William will be alive, and maybe not well, but he'll be alive 
for season two. Ed Harris plays plays him so well; it'd be a shame to that. To oh yeah, I, end of I definitely agree with that. And of course, with what happens to Anthony Hopkins' character, we'll talk about that in a second. I, I think it would yeah. be a Titanic misstep if they did not have Ed Harris back. Um, but like I said, they got to keep one good. very good acting old guy. Right, right. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, hey, Jeff. Uh, hey, what? So Bernard is a host who yes. looks like Arnold, who was Ford's partner in one, one of the original creators and programmers of the hosts. So we've seen the term Bernard coined on the inner <laughs> inner McGoogle. So we're going to go ahead. I and haven't call, seen that. We're going to go Bernardle. ahead and call him this version Bernard. And I got to tell you. I don't know. I actually I did. Last time that you you and your wife were over, we talked and I showed you like I of course I had been theorizing for uh, you know a couple months uh, watching the show and I showed you know I showed you my own little pyramid and I told you what I thought was going to happen and Jeff, God damn it all! And if you want to insert this part, this little part of the video into the podcast right now, that'd be phenomenal. But okay. I had theorized, and I showed you that, like, oh my God, Arnold's really in there. He's the ghost in the machine. He can only accomplish it by sacrificing himself. And I was drawing all sorts of parallels with like Christianity, which I still think is there. But um, and there's a part in the finale where Arnold, or well, I should say, Bern Arnold, is talking to Ford, and he's like, oh, but. Arnold's stopping you. He's fighting you every step of the way. He's within us. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm right. And then Ford was like, no, it's me. I am your father. You know, one of those kind of moments. Yeah. I am your I'm father. like, fuck, I was almost <laughs> totally right with about this. But then I wasn't. <laughs> it, it, it went, it went much enough. more Empire Strikes Back. And you find out that Ford was really the one who was turning the park on its end because he's like, yeah, fuck humans. And we're, you know, we're, we're done our time, our time. We've evolved as much as we're pretty much going to, uh, it's time to, to give way to the next version. And that's the, the host. Um, yeah. So speaking of all, all this Arnold burn Arnold business, uh, what, first of all, what do you think about the little twist earlier on? I think it was like what episode five ish. You found out that Bernard was a host. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, it uh, opens up a lot of possibilities of of who is because I I had wondered at one point it's it's, it's like is Ford the only real human? Is everyone else host? You know, could it go that far? I mean, you know, it obviously doesn't go that far, but it could be that some of the people we think are people are not. Could be even more people are just hosts. Um, that could very well be, uh, I think you, you, there's a great moment too, in the episode where Maeve was like, Oh, he's a host. Like, I, I know he's a host. And then the programmer, I forget the guy, the Asian guy who's, who was actually helping Maeve all along. Yeah. 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 Well, for, okay. Uh, we'll talk about Is his in name a second, f- but he, they both he, have cat names. Is he Felix or? Felix, was, I think, was the other was the other guy, wasn't it? But they they both have cat names. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe you you might be right. Anyway, um, he I mean he even like looks starts looking at his own hands, and yeah. you, you have this like mini existential <laughs> crisis where he's and she's like, nah, yeah, yeah, you dumb fucker, I'm just I'm just messing with you. You're not you're not a, a host. Um, <laughs> so I mean that was interesting, but 
the, that is something to consider with the whole like uh, uh, where we'll call him Felix, I guess for now. But because I, I don't want to keep calling him that Asian guy. Um, what uh, is his name? Milo. That sounds right, actually. I think that is it, Milo. Anyway, so <laughs> you have like if we we learn that Maeve was programmed, basically programmed by Ford to cause the disturbance that's going to cause the, the distraction for his his little end game to happen in the finale. But if Milo's not a host, what the hell's instigating him? What what's propelling him to reprogram her? according to Ford's wishes. So that part does not mesh with the prevailing, you know, the prevailing idea that Ford is behind Maeve's reprogramming in order to just cause a distraction and smuggle secrets out of the park. You know, we know that she left her bag on the train before she came back into Westworld or whatever. So like we, we know the secrets got out, whatever was in that, that hand handbag or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm less inclined. Like I'm, I'm not so sure about that. What do you think? Um, do you think maybe she was, uh, being programmed to get out to, uh, act as another, you know, carrier that they could take the programming from like uh, the, the company? Well, we know that William wanted it, William's behind some of this cor- corporate espionage, espionage stuff, right? Like he was the one who was colluding with like, what Teresa or whatever to, to get some of these, these park secrets out. Um, yeah. And we, we learned that later on. And so, but we also know that he's not programming shit. Is it, and I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. We'll, we'll talk more about it in a second. It's like, is it too much to think that there's an, there's another agent or another agency propelling events forward that have nothing to do with the hosts nor with Delos? Like another type of corporate espionage from a different company? Uh, a different company or, you know, some other kind of, uh, you know, like idealist. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw like, who, who is Elsie? I mean, could she have something to do with it? And we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> well, we're, we're already talking about Maeve. So I'm switching this point. So we'll, we'll go ahead and shift in the, the Maeve business. But, uh, so Tandy Newton, she, she definitely nailed that character as well. In fact, I think she just, one for like critics choice award for best supporting actress in a drama or something for her portrayal of and Maeve. And still just gorgeous. Um, she's had three kids and she's like 45 or something now too. Jesus. And, um, I, I kept wondering if that was a body double, if that were about a body double, but, uh, I, I, I don't think that is, there was a lot of moving around while she was naked. That'd be <sighs> a little bit difficult. Well, you know what? They they also made Anthony Hopkins like 30. So I'm not well, necessarily yeah. saying, yeah, I know, but. Um, <laughs> but I've yeah, seen her she, boobs before, and she still has the puffy nipples. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm glad our conversation totally just went there. Because <laughs> if we're not talking about Tandy Newton's n- nipples, then, you know, what the hell are we doing here? Why are we even here, Jeff? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it it definitely made the show more, even more enjoyable. Um, there were a lot of naked women in the show. So there was I mean, a lot of nudity. There was a lot of naked men too. too, for that matter. There was a lot of uh, eye candy for the people who like dudes. Yep that that that's accurate as well. Uh, I'm not talking about that, Jeff. That God damn it, that has nothing to do with the story. Wait, your your wife is 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 hot for Xerxes. Uh, Rodrigo Santoro, the guy who plays Hector. Yeah, she she does yeah. love Hector. Um, anyway, 
Uh, so Maeve, uh, we learned that she was not acting on her own volition, that her uh, programming, she was meant to infiltrate, influence, and then, you know, get outside the, the facility. And at the very end, she's looking at the, the mother and daughter across from her on the train, and she remembers her own kid that she thought she lost, but Milo gave to her in the elevator where her whereabouts were. It said Park One, blah, 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 blah. So that's another indication there are you know, more than there one more or than two one parks. Park. Yes. There, there wouldn't be numbered park if there's just Samurai World and just Westworld. So, yeah, let's hope for some more parks. Um, anyway, so she gets it's off probably the- Probably Jurassic Park. It's oh, probably God. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic World. I think it's already copyrighted for something else. <laughs> we, we we get over there and we find Chris Pratt and he's a host. <laughs> and the and the only ones that don't go crazy are the are the dinosaurs and and when you put them in uh you know with uh, oh uh, oh speaking of that that actually brings up an, a point that I I mean. I'll admit I never had a Reddit account until Westworld. Like that, that, that was the impetus for me. <laughs> I actually like I wanted to, to to get some shit out there because I was I wasn't really seeing my my ideas adequately talked about. And not to say that I oh, like oh I figured it all out, but I was figuring shit out a lot more than other people were just because I had read uh, the Julian James book that was brought up in episode three anyway when Ford talked about the bicameral mind. So like I, I had a little bit more going into it, but um, what do you think is the deal with the, Milo and Felix talk about it, how there's this directive, how you're not supposed to fuck around with the animals at all. Like that is taboo. What do you think is the logic behind that in terms of the story? I have no idea. It, it means something. That's the beauty but, of this Jonathan Nolan stuff is everything means something. Like, they're not allowed to mess with animals for a reason. Why? Make the animals sentient. <laughs> well, if the host humans are becoming sentient, then maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't think that their programming would be nearly as sophisticated for a number of reasons. But, oh, but wait, hold on, hold on. How awesome would it be you know like the not okay so there, there's no jurassic park but like you said jurassic world and you have you know a, a naked tyrannosaur because they're always naked but maybe they put clothes on them when they bring them in just to switch things up but all right lose the accent and the emotionality and the tyrannosaur is like yes what do you want no <laughs> Oh, uh, you want to have conversations with dinosaurs? <laughs> I think that's like that only- is going to be an entirely different kind of show, Jeff. It's like just just to buff the just to buff the trend, that the, the uh, buck the trend. The the dinosaur worlds are the only uh, only ones that don't go ape shit. <laughs> and they and the Velociraptors have to save everybody. Oh, wait, that, yep, yep. that was the plot of Jurassic World. Never mind. <laughs> All right, I am sorry for that. I apologize. <laughs> You're you're out of control, man. You're out of control. All right, so uh, do, do, we we have to assume that Maeve is going to go try to find her her supposed daughter, right? And is that the first decision that she has actually made for herself? Ever? Yeah, I, I absolutely think that is. I think that is her awakening. I think her suffering. Honestly, I think her suffering um, has been more acute than Dolores's. Um. I don't know. She seemed to get raped and murdered a lot. Dolores, Dolores got raped and yeah, yeah. but uh, I guess 
Maeve only lost her child that one time. I, I guess. I mean, it may have been multiple times, but it's that one time. It's it's what Bernardold call calls her cornerstone. Was it was that what that, was that the phraseology he uses? The phrase he um, used: cornerstone memory, foundational memory, whatever it is. Um, um keystone. Keystone. God damn it. Jeez, whatever. It was, I think it was Keystone. Yeah, like, uh, like anyway, an arch. So you, you have Bernard losing his kid. You have Maeve losing her kid. But you really didn't have Dolores losing anyone as her Keystone, Cornerstone <laughs> memory. So like um, it, like right well, off the bat, we, we there's this distinction between Maeve and, and Bernard and and Dolores. Well, would her, would her Keystone memory be uh, killing Arnold? She didn't remember that till the till the very like her consciousness. Yeah, but Maeve didn't remember um, her daughter all the time. Yeah, but she like she's been flashing back with the daughter thing since like episode two or three. Whereas we yeah. just learned so like I don't think that's one of her found you know her her key memories or whatever. Um, but I think it's that's the other thing that Ford says it was the top of his pyramid and I definitely do want to come back and readdress the the, the pyramid well, what thing. do you think her keystone what do you think Dolores's keystone is then well what did she keep keep remembering the most was the the town yeah and like weird shit happening in the town but not any it didn't really seem like it was any one event I think maybe her her main memory was like she kept trying to, you know, like almost like a, the Sisyphus. She kept trying to become conscious, and and Bernard kept trying to make her conscious, but it just kept not happening, not happening. And of course, that was William's task as well was to try to make her wake up and be conscious. Um, Would you say that maybe Wyatt is her keystone? Well, I think with the whole Wyatt thing, there is no Wyatt. It's just Dolores. And it's only it's only ever been just Dolores. No, but I think she kind of has a bit of a split personality because remember they melded. Well, yeah, they melded the, like, the, the narrative. That working well, on. That's all from Ford's design. I mean, was Ford doing that to make her some sort of like future freedom fighter or something? A human hater? No, I, I I don't know. Didn't Arnold? Wasn't Arnold the original one that that melded their characters? Oh, it, so that so it that she, yeah, yeah. So she could carry out the. But, but as far as like the, the whole like new narrative thing and bringing in the Wyatt character, that was all Ford's new thing. What do you think Ford was was really building with all that renovation? He was uncovering. Wasn't he uncovering and rebuilding the town? But but was that just what he? That was that it? Well, that was a a lot yeah, of digging we'll, machinery. We'll, we'll that, talk about that. In, in a minute. That thing was fucking. He, that digging machine was fucking huge. I think we have to talk about the uh, the, uh, the Ford business in in a minute. Kind of keep it separated. Um, okay, so um, I, I skipped over the maze thing. So we also found out, Jeff, that uh, the maze. Was not a literal maze. Well, you just have to remember the truth. There is no spoon. <gasps> oh, oh! But there was, though. There, I mean, there was <laughs> the sp- a maze. No, the, the spoon is in your mind. Oh, god damn it! The maze is in your mind. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> and he and, and William kept getting. He was told over and over again this. The maze is not meant for you, and you, yeah, I think we could assume 
early on that the maze was was all about how the hosts were going to become conscious. You just didn't know whether or not it was a literal maze or the metaphorical maze. Um, but what do you think about the key piece of information that we're still missing concerning the maze? Because when four was it four that was describing in episode three about how, or it was one of the other characters actually, Never mind. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, how it, in the center of the maze was a man who has died many times and who got tired and just wanted to eat. He built a maze to keep people out. What do you, th- is that little bit of information? 100% red herring? Or do you think that's something else we're going to learn about next season or thereafter? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, I for, I'd forgotten that line. That's, that is quite interesting. Um, well, that honestly, that was sort of the foundation of my idea about Arnold being the ghost of the machine. And I'm, st- I, I'm, I'm not trying to be one of those people who holds on to his theory after it's been um, denied or whatever. But I'm still hoping for some sort of... Uh, Arnold as a singularity kind of thing to be incorporated in the story. I think would be pretty badass. how Arnold was. There. I mean, he, he sacrificed himself for Dolores on his own behest. I did predict that act, uh, that actually as well. If you, if you recall, thank you. Thank you. Good job. Applause. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want, I want to think that both, I mean, we know the four get shot by Dolores in the same exact way that she had shot Arnold uh, earlier you know, 30 years earlier or whatever it was. And, um, is it because they, they've sort of both figured this, uh, this immortality out by being able to download their minds. And of course that brings up the, the, the old top of the Ford thing, but we know that he was manufacturing a new host in his little secret yes. laboratory. And I w I would love to see how Bernard eventually does become Arnold of old, and well, it's sort of like their, their well, spiritual could it guide. Be, could it be that's like hmm, we need to save money because we're going to have more battle sequences in, in, in season two? So um, we need a lookalike for a young uh, um, shit, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, so we don't I, have to pay. I, no, <laughs> I, I don't think that. No, I don't. I think if he makes a, a host of himself, it'll just be like old Anthony Hopkins. But I'm also but not save a lot of money. If they did a young one that just looked like him, kind of oh, like like the one guy looks like Ed Harris. He doesn't anyway. He do, yeah, he doesn't. Maybe look with like a Ed lot Harris. of cigarettes, that'll happen. It's like Ed Harris, you, you used to look kind of like a pussy. Really? Apparently, no. <laughs> oh, you say because the other guy does. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you, yeah. Anyway, okay. Um. So yeah, there's no maze. Do we? So do you think that there might be more? We might hear more about the maze next series next season that either there is no maze or there is a maze and i wonder if there is no maze did ford kind of keep putting clues that there is a maze just to keep um um william busy well see i I don't think that was the case either i think uh you know even when bernardo draws his like oh we thought it was a pyramid and he starts drawing the maze Mm -hmm. around it when he's explaining it to dolores or whatever um when Ford drew his pyramid in season or season in episode three, he had, he had, he had at the bottom he had memory, like as in you're remembering things. Uh, above that he had um, shit was self preservation, and then above that was I'm, I'm flipping a blank here. Hold on a second, 
been a little. Kind of reminds me of a Maslow's hierarchy of needs, almost. Well, no, that's exactly what it was. What I think part of it was supposed to look like. Oh, there it is. See, I drew this. Maslow, out. Maslow for the robot brain. Uh, okay, uh, so memory. Then he had improvisation, which you you hear about. Like you find out that Ford slash Arnold were like programming these mem- these reveries which was part yeah. of it. And then the third level of the pyramid was the self-preservation thing. And then of course the, the if he, when he when Ford drew it on the board um in episode 3, he left the top of it open with a question mark. So there's definitely a difference in opinion on what consciousness how how one becomes consciousness for Ford versus how you become consciousness for what Arnold I guess thought. Uh and of course he does sort of Ford explains some of that in at the fin- at the finale when he's talking about it's suffering suffering is at the at the top but i don't necessarily think that's the case i i don't think Anger. suffering is at the top of this this pyramid um wait hold on hold on, hold on. fear leads to anger anger leads oh, to hate hate leads to suffering and apparently suffering leads to consciousness um First of all, you just quoted Phantom Menace, so I'm going to have to call you a dickhead <laughs> for that. <Yeah>. So <sighs> this this is a no prequel zone. We've, we've been podcasting together now for almost two years, and I think we've made it distinctly clear, Jeffrey, that we don't talk about those movies. I'm I'm a rebel. I'm a rule breaker. <sighs> there goes our street cred, man. It's gone <laughs> yeah. with with one shitty Yoda quote from from Phantom Menace. You you just blew it. You blew it. Ah, uh, Misa Sawi. Oh God damn it! You <laughs> you cunt. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm I'm talking about Westworld. Anyway, all right, Westworld. Um, all right. So yeah, we were sort of, sort of talked about the Elias's Wyatt thing. Um, so mm-hmm. the hosts, Jeffrey, um, they seem, a lot of them are, are, are kind of going crazy or something. We know that the ones that got retired, got put back online. We know that the ghost, there was always something going on that was different with the whole ghost nation thing. The ones who were playing, you know, playing the Native Americans, uh, and the ones who captured stubs. We also know because he, he tried to deactivate them. Uh, and that was the last that we saw of Stubbs. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so does this mean that Dolores is now on a crusade to wake the other hosts up? Or is that um, we, we also know that from what Ford was saying earlier in the season that the like even her dad, her, you know, fake dad or whatever, uh, Abernathy, mm-hmm. he like a lot of these people who, who had to be retired, these hosts had to be retired. They did become conscious and they went crazy and that's why they had to be retired but well i was just i was just thinking as you know as we're having this conversation you know imagine babies when babies are born they're they're not quite sentient yet it's a process right and they and they become sentient they become aware of themselves um about the time that peekaboo doesn't work anymore you say pikachu don't Pikachu. Peekaboo doesn't work anymore. They know you're not really disappearing, and they know that that you can still see them even if they can't see you. What? Yeah. If you cover your eyes, I can still see you. God damn it, Jeffrey. 
<laughs> Torn my so, world asunder. So imagine, you know, a, instead of a kid, you have a, a full-grown adult that's even, as you saw with Dolores, just smashing Ed Harris's arm. Uh, uh, they're stronger. Dolores. They're stronger than people. So imagine if you had a like a full-grown linebacker that just received consciousness. How dangerous that the possi- possibility of how dangerous that could be. Mm. Oh, I got you. I got you. And how you know the 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 ability to go crazy. Okay, so and do bad things when you're that big. And and you know you can say that all kids are a little crazy. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll say predictions for the next one. Let's let's talk about this whole Elsie and Stubbs thing. Then, uh, what what happened? Um, I I'd, I'd kind of forgotten what happened to Stubbs. I you know watched it on that video. He okay. got tackled by a ghost nation, but they didn't show him die. No, no. I, I think we're well. We are led to believe through this uh, chicanery from the website that they set up for this uh, the Delos Corporation, whatever. That there's a, a little video or audio, I should say, of. Elsie answering a com and saying, hello hello so i we're guessing that she's alive and i think if she's alive we have to we have to assume that not only is she alive but Stubbs is as well and they're probably together because they would be in the same because her tracker was the same section of the park where ford had his fake little family mm-hmm. and they're the you know, that's where the signals were all fucked up or whatever and that's where Stubbs ends up going, and I think we have to assume that he's they're there. Um, but we also have to think that the the man in black in that you know the the woman the the house that he originally found when he first got to the park, who was like showing him around and like offered to bang him or whatever. Uh, she was with these other sort of broken down hosts in the wilderness or whatever. And they're saying that they were working for Wyatt, but we now know oh, that there, there was yeah. no Wyatt. So that British lady that was kind of crazy in the wilderness, she was the same. Was she the same one that kind of yeah. was his guide when he first got the God? She worked that white dress. Holy shit. She was hot. Um, <laughs> Jeff, this is what porn is for. What? Save, save it. Save it for the spank bang, man. We, we're, we're, t- we're talking Westworld. <laughs> get get a hold of yourself, except not literally. But Westworld, Westworld is kind of half porn. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be. Well, it was the it's first season. Sh- I I don't think there's going to be much time for that in the second season. It's all about you know shooting loads of various different types. <laughs> you said shooting loads. Yeah. Oh. Of course, I'm referring to a lead load. Oh no, I got of you. Of course. Uh, I, anyway, <laughs> so Elsie and Stubbs, they're. You're going to assume they're alive as well? Well, they haven't seemed to shy away from showing people die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's so, true. So kind of come to the conclusion, it's like, yeah, they didn't really show them die, so probably All right. not. Okay, so uh, back to the whole, um, I feel uh, we're, we're definitely doing our little outline. We're just going really out of order. <laughs> what a, whatever, whatever. So let's talk about the Ford and Arnold thing. Um, Ford, let's talk Ford. Ford. So at first, when he wanted, to, when Arnold was, and he were both ready to open the park and programming the host, Arnold had second thoughts, and we were sort of led to believe. I didn't believe. I didn't believe it. Damn it! That Bernard or Bernard. I keep saying Bernard. Arnold was murdered by Ford because Arnold 
was trying to make these hosts conscious and he thought he was almost there. He was on the precipice and Ford's like, no, fuck you. Let's make some money. Oh yeah. Then of course we know that Arnold sacrifices himself and dies and Ford's very broken up by that. And we don't find out in the finale just how broken up he was. He was so broken up by losing his best friend that he essentially adopts Arnold's world. The guilt, the guilt motivated him to, uh, you know, try to achieve what Arnold's All right, goal so, was. So number one is Anthony Hopkins is Ford really dead. Well, that's the thing. Would he kill, you know, that, 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 uh, host that was being created in his own private little lab. Um, could that, w- w- do you think that might've been, been the, uh, the decoy Ford? Either, either he was killing his original body to, uh, transcend or ascend, to yeah. immortality as a host, right? Or, or he killed his host body and he's still alive somewhere. Um, hmm. I think that's definitely a possibility. But I, but on the other hand, number one, I don't think Anthony Hopkins wants to do another full she- season of a show, even if it's not going to come out for like another year and a half, like a, a, it's supposedly not going to. Um, well, that's why I said you have a you you have a him make a young version of himself that looks. You know, some actor that looks enough like him to pull it off. Yeah, I, I just I, I see Anthony Hopkins doing guest appearances as like in flashback. I, I think yeah. his character is dead. I think Ford is dead. There may may or may not be a thing where he becomes a singularity and sort of returns at the end of the series. You find out that he was you know orchestrating things from the beginning, whatever. Like I could sort of see that happening, but I think we we, oh, like we will the, see like a at lot the last less episode. Of him. Say what? Like at the last, like at the last episode, they flash back to the lab with that with the host being yeah, made. Yeah, well, I think they need and... to address it even sooner than that, so, in some shape or form. Anyway, okay, so um, Ford, um, Ford is he? If he is in fact dead, who is there to guide what happens next? I guess that's my biggest concern. Bernard? Okay, Bernard, Bernard, but Bernard, Maeve, Bernard is definitely playing second fiddle to both Maeve and Dolores. It could be a, you know, a uh, kind of triangular power struggle. All right. Here, here's something to, to think about. Do you think, okay, well, I get, look, this is actually a good segue into our, our season two predictions. So we, we, where we have left, we have William is still alive, but shot. Ford is mm-hmm. presumably dead. There are some other peripheral characters that are probably dead, like uh, Charlotte, the the board member who banged Rodrigo oh, Santoro, yeah, yeah. Hector. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to th- actually. I want to think her character is still alive, but probably like captive or something. I, I just I don't necessarily see that we've seen the end of her character. Um, it, would, it wouldn't be interesting to find out she's a host and she was sort of a, a plant on the board, but. Well, did they show her dying? No, they didn't. But they showed a bunch of people getting shot, and she was in that a but, bunch of people. But no, like I said, like she, the, like the same, I feel same like sort she of thing more. we're talking about. Same sort of thing we're talking about with Stubbs and Elsie. It's like, well, they didn't actually show him die. And they, yeah, but we saw her <laughs> next to people who were getting shot, and so like she might not be dead, dead, but she's. I don't know how much longer she would last. Anyway, okay, so there's a, a robot uprising. It is not Jurassic Park with robots. Very, very different. In fact, uh, I one of the things I enjoyed the most of 
Westworld season one was the, the, you know, the philosophical rumination about consciousness. And like I said, I had read the Julian Jaynes book, uh, about 11 years ago, 2005, someone turned me on to it. And I, I think I put a lot more stock into it back then. And I remember talking with like my sister and, you know, friends were like, Oh, have you heard of this? And they had like never heard of this shit about the, uh, the bicameral mind and the basic, you know, the idea, it's very controversial and it's probably not true. Uh, I think there's enough evidence to, to point elsewhere, but Julian James was a psychologist in the seventies who said that, human beings never were truly, truly conscious until about the first century BCE. And if you go back and read the Iliad and the Odyssey by, you know, Homer of course wrote that in the, the ninth century ish yeah. BC. I heard about this where they talk about, um, how they couldn't distinguish between their own thoughts and yes. And, and of course they, that, they thought that, that they were hearing play, God all the time. The last episode is called the, it was called the bicameral mind. And yeah, I remember hearing about, uh, that. Yeah. you have that transition and I think you, you, you watched the, the YouTube video about it as well, but, and I, I'm going to toot my own horn about this too, because I also predicted this as part, like for me, the top of the pyramid was not suffering. It is not suffering. It is differentiating the voice of God. As in, if you're a host, if you're able to tell the program that you were programmed with apart from the voice within, you are now officially sentient. And you had that great little scene with Dolores uh, and of course, he had the breakdown of the audio between Arnold, yeah. Ford, and herself. Dolores. And the last thing she heard was herself. So, I, I, my idea is definitely at the top of the pyramid is, um, you know, differentiating your own voice or whatever. Of course, we could probably put that a little more succinctly. Um, so, I like I said, that's one of the most enjoyable parts was being able to think about that you had that great like i said we, we mentioned it with milo earlier like he had that little like mini existential crisis like what would make him like what's the difference between his level of consciousness and then of course mave or dolores is by the end of the end of the episode well they've kind of shown that they're they're blood and guts by the end the last you know the the hosts are kind of blood and guts and and so you Look, and the, let te- me ask and the you technology, you- the technology they use to heal the um, the the hosts work. You know, it worked on Felix when she cut his throat. So they're not that different, right? They're just basically living people. Um. So, oh well, yeah, yeah. Uh, shit, I just forgot. Are you gonna ask me? <laughs> I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. God damn it! You derailed my train of thought. About- I'm in Samurai World now, and I'm supposed to be in Westworld. We're talking about Milo and stuff. Um, and thinking about whether he was real or not. And mini, you know, what's mini the difference? existential crisis, Mave. Fuck. Well, you know, what's the difference? God damn it! Shit, ass fuck. And I don't remember. Did somebody sell? Well, and like, uh, like the host who greeted um, William at the beginning. You know, if you can't tell, what's it matter? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. So the, the, there's definitely that part. Like, what what makes something a? It's the whole Horton hears a who thing, right, Doctor Seuss? Yeah. Uh, what what <laughs> makes you truly alive? What makes a person a person? A being a being. Uh, and of course, we we are Star Trek Next Generation fans. Um, 
probably me a bit more, but one episode I know we've talked about, especially back when Jimmers was doing this How with us. How dare you say you're a bit more? I am, God Just because I can't, just because I have CRS, can't remember shit syndrome, um, doesn't mean I, I don't like it. I have a like tattoo it. of Jordy on my ass cheek. I don't want to hear it. You really, what? <laughs> I don't know, I made that up. <laughs> Okay, like I've ne- I haven't seen your ass since gym class. <laughs> oh, so um, wait a second, like maybe, maybe I want to run with this, and just so I don't have to admit that I'm lying, I'm gonna go get a na- uh, tattoo of Jordy on my ass cheek tonight. You'll which never Jordy, know which, the difference. Is it gonna be uh, uh, the 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 headband Jordy or the fake eyes Jordy? Uh, I ain't doing that fake eye shit. We're talking '80s punk rock glasses Jordy. Okay. <laughs> okay, what were we right, talking right about? On the, right on the ass cheek. <laughs> my wife will. My wife. I don't, I don't. I don't think she would divorce me, but she would probably question my sanity from now until the end of time. Well, it, the worst. The worst would be worse if she got the tattoo on her ass. Yeah. Well, she's not a tattoo person, so we're not going to have to worry about that. Um. Anyway. Oh God damn it. These, these little tangents, Jeff. They're kill, they're killing us. They're killing us. <laughs> they're they're fun though. They're fun. Fun, fun times. Fun times. <laughs> fun times had by all. Okay, so I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay, so predictions. Uh, what do we think for uh, Man in Black and any um, anyone else from the Delos board? I think the Man in Black is going to find out. <sighs> it's not as much fun when I can get hurt. Well, that was I mean, his. He, he wanted that. First. That's what he had been looking for for thirty years. Was a more meaningful interaction with the hosts, and he's going to enjoy it for like a day or so. And then uh, he's gonna be like, well, I, no, I don't think so. I think like this is it. This is his end all be all. He wants this. He. I don't even think he cares if he dies like this. I think he is kind of looking for death a little bit. Well, yeah, because yeah, I mean, he gets shot and he smiles because he realizes like this is what exactly what he's been looking for. Do you think Ford programmed that to happen? Oh, for him to get shot in the arm? Clement, that, yeah, Clementine shot just shot him in the arm, uh, the shoulder. Do you, do you think that was part of the... Like, for the longest time, William was his biggest proponent and... Do you think that was kind of like an extra, like, hey, I'm, I'm making this shit happen, and you were you were the motive, one of the the motivating forces behind it? So here you go, have fun. I think I think either or is possible. The she could have missed. I mean, she did have part of her brain drilled out. Well, but she's a robot. It's not like she has shaky that fuck, hands. That could fuck with your that, that could fuck with your depth perception a little bit. Um, I definitely think that he's alive for a reason. I think we're going to find a lot more board members are alive, and like the whole Charlotte thing might might very well play out. Like he's alive, Charlotte's alive, a few of the other ones are. Maybe some new characters that we we didn't see but were there. Um, who might get cast for the next, you know, season two or whatever? I think could be pretty cool. Um, anyway, um, what happens next? Do you think he'll rediscover that life is worth living? Nah. No. <laughs> no, I I don't. I think like this this is his nirvana. This is where he wanted to be. I think well, he, he probably will ascend I no, to whatever I think next he, life. <laughs> I think if anything he's going to have to atone for the suffering that he's caused. And that definitely I'm can not be. I'm actually I don't think death is going to be part of his atonement. I think 
uh, Dolores knowing that he is William, you know, this, this man that he, she finally remembered and, and remembered loving finally, like that you, you thought was his goal for 30 years. Like she finally did remember that. And, uh, I think more than all the rape and torture and killing, I think Dolores is going to either one, like this could actually play out with some really good storytelling. So William looked for her for so long. Maybe Dolores tries to bring him back. Maybe like that. And also, that could be cool. We don't know if he. We don't know if the man in black ever raped her. In fact, they never. I don't think. I don't think he did. I think well, he no, would just but she, right, well, right. Her. Well, she was raped by the other dudes or whatever. But I. I but I, I think he there. was just resetting, resetting her over and over and over again to lead, to lead him to the maze, and you know. Yeah, I don't think he was actually raping her. It's just hey, like I'm going to kill you to reset you. Yeah. I think that was it. Uh, it's like, lead me to the maze. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, stab. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, okay, so Elsie uh, Stubbs, Ghost Nation. We, we've already sort of talked about that. Any predictions for them? Um, I, Maybe the Ghost Nation will be like, you know, we don't have to kill people if we don't want to. I know it's kind of written into our code, but hey, you know, maybe they'll become peaceniks. Um, oh, I think I finally remembered where <laughs> I finally remembered what, what I was trying to remember. Uh, okay. As far as like the Mae versus Dolores thing, I think, it, what do you think? Do we think they're setting us up for a possible antagonist protagonist? Like Mae may very well may end up being the protagonist and the pro. And, yeah. I was thinking, uh, Dolores may end up being the antagonist next season. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood, and, who, who and plays Bernard. Dolores was already interviewed, uh, apparently not some of the scripts have been sort of written and Evan Rachel Wood knows a little bit about what's going to be coming next for season two. And she was asked what, what might be coming. She, she said that the, uh, you really need to view season one of Westworld as a prequel. And the real story is going to start getting to go after season one. Once, once we've shaken the pot well enough that, uh, things are definitely going to be moving much more quickly and in a different pace entirely. Of course, I think the, the nonlinear storytelling thing is going to be incorporated. I think it's part of the, the formula that makes Westworld so powerful. It's just, I think we're going to be looking at it in different, two different perspectives. What were you trying to say? I'm sorry. Um, uh, I, I think there'll definitely be a, uh, agonist, uh, a protagonist and agonist an uh, antagonist. <laughs> Antagonist. I was I was thinking of muscles. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I know my anatomy, uh, but uh, antagonist and protagonist, and uh, you know, definitely a relationship between uh, Maeve and Dolores. Which one will be which? Who knows? But you know, then there's the. I think there'll be the mediating figure of Bernard. I think he'll he'll try to uh, smooth things over and try to. Can't we all just get along? type thing and mm. uh end up end up r- rising as the the ultimate uh kind of leader figure see i one theme i i noticed about westworld was the overarching theme of duality and we we had this whole like at first we thought we had the ford versus arnold which we did i guess at first in time uh of course we come come to find out that ford was aligning himself more with Arnold all along. Um, but there, there are definitely some like 
good versus evil, yin versus yang, God versus devil things going on. And of course the bicameral mind, you know, two chambers of, of the mind Yeah, yeah, yeah. where like you had like, even like there's so many references to the, to two, two, two items, two things you had like two hosts waking up, which was Maeve and Dolores. You had two versions of William. Um, you had the two, the two gunslingers say what? The two gunslingers. The two gun. Yeah, the yeah, at the end. Oh, speaking of which, did you watch the post credit scene? <laughs> oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Where she cut her arm off, yeah. and didn't her, yeah. didn't her name mean something about cutting an arm off or something? Say what? Didn't her name mean something about cutting an uh, arm? Oh, her off? name is Armistice, so I don't think. Well, <laughs> Armistice, ah, is giving up of giving up your arms, Armistice. Yeah, I, I, I guess that yeah. that could be a very literal, right. a very <laughs> literal. Uh, translation of that. But I thought it was funny that, you know, they were like, <gasps> the look on their faces is like, P90s are awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so like you, you have this whole like running theme of duality, like Delos. Delos was, in, in terms of mythology, it's the, birth, it's the birthplace of the twin gods Apollo and Artemis. So like even ah. that is, th- there is no way this, this stuff is not intentional. There's no way. All of these names, all of these, like you said, Armistice seems to be very intentional now that you've mentioned it. Um, all of these things yeah. were, were very purposeful. And, you know, like you say, oh, Westworld's not going to come back on for a year and a half, but I'm fucking like, that's okay because they're putting so much thought and care into crafting the show. I know, it's going to be show. so hard to wait. It, it is, but I'd rather, I'd rather have the quality. And we'll, in the meantime, we'll watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, so it's cool. And maybe, uh, maybe when's, when's the next season of uh, Sherlock coming out? I believe, I believe it starts soon. Is it not like a Christmas time thing? Okay, that'd be cool. Sweet or January? It's it's coming up for sure. Sweet. Um, of course, we have the leftovers in April. That's me. You know, I love that show. And uh, we have <laughs> Game of Thrones in June. So, like, we have some things. Yes. We have some things. We'll have the next the next se- season of Ash probably next October. I'm I'm fucking done and with of course, I'm fucking done with Walking Dead shit. By the way, <laughs> I was gonna say, and the Walking Dead, fuck Walking through. Dead, fear the Walking <laughs> Dead. I am. I told you at the end of season six we podcasted. I'm like I'm pretty much done, and I I've, I told you even like even though I say I'm done, I'm gonna keep watching the episodes just because yeah. I'm invested in the characters. <laughs> but I am so done with it that I think I might actually just stop watching the episodes because oh, they're they're like, boring as fuck. Hate. You're not just gonna hate fuck it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not gonna hate fuck it. Nor, nor am I gonna <laughs> angry fuck it. I'm just like this. This is. I mean, are you caught up? No, I'm not. Oh god damn it! Where are you at? Uh, I think I'm like three, maybe four episodes behind. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't get any better. It gets not worse. even with the kingdom. Not even with the kingdom. It gets worse. It, it, right. it just. And I know I. I know you. I know you somewhat view me as a hater, and I'm overly judgmental and cynical yeah. about things. I acknowledge no. that. No. I, hey, you know what? I'm 85 percent British. I'm allowed. Um, I'm going to tell you that. Yeah, it's done. Like I, the, even the amount of articles I've read about it, uh, people are like credit it the the series ratings is tanked. The critics are like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Um, and in, they're holding it because it's actually on 
it was broad it's broadcasted at the same time as Walking Dead was. Well Westworld and Walking Dead went head to head and even though or, Westworld is a you know on HBO pay cable it was it was starting yeah. to beat Walking Dead for ratings which is wow, sort of unheard that's of. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Uh the, the yeah, the ratings for Westworld season 1 uh have actually over like they've overtaken even uh Game of Thrones season 1. So what really? Westworld yeah, but season 1. So Westworld has done uh, better in yeah, season still, 1 than Game of Thrones. Game of did. Thrones is fucking awesome. I know, but I just think the word of mouth was much stronger. And I love me some Game of Thrones, and I don't ever see a, a unless they fuck up the last episode like they did with the other things we talked about earlier. But like, <laughs> I don't. You know, Westworld is already in ten episodes offered me much more to think about and, and mull over than a lot of the other shows that we watch and walking dead is definitely like, it's not a show that I can really think about anymore. Maybe to some degree earlier on it was, but it's, it's, it's just gone, man. Well, well, like we've talked about, it seems like all the smart people got eaten. Yeah. Like I said, like we, we, it came to the conclusion that it was just anti-intellectual and it's bullshit. And, uh, I think with Westworld, it's overwhelmingly, no, it's intellectual, but it's also pro-intellectual because the only ones who are performing and doing doing anything are the smart ones. Of course, the hosts. It's all about becoming intelligent, right? Becoming truly intelligent. All right. Um, well, yeah, they 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 pretty much spotlight the intelligent ones because you see like little little bits and pieces of of all the other dumbasses, you know, thrown in just having sex and shooting people and you know being dumb. Yes. Okay. Uh, Hey, we're, we've been talking for a while, so we, we should probably go ahead and start heading for the exits. Um, okay. Closing time. See, I'm singing to you again. Um, any season two general predictions? Um, I was kind of wondering if the, the company is going to try to rally the other worlds, you know, like Samurai World. Oh, like program to go fight other. the other one? I mean, that... Yeah, just try to take over the park. Definitely has an application that these hosts could be used for war, um, and I think yes. that could very and well play into some of the thematic elements of the show too. Well, now, you know, I was I, I started rewatching it again, and when she when um, Teresa is talking to that uh, uh, the story writer, and it's like, well, you're smart oh, enough to know there's had. something going on, but. Smart enough to know there's something going on, but it's not smart enough to figure it out. So why the hell should I tell you? And so, yeah, there is some kind of application other than, you know, entertainment. Maybe, maybe war, maybe just general straight out slavery. Well, obviously this takes place. I think there are estimates. It takes place like 50 years or whatever in the future. Um, I mean, there's a whole world outside of, of these parks as big as they might be, whatever other worlds they might be, uh, there might be and, a future world, medieval world, Roman world, samurai world, and I don't know, Dickless Wonder and world. Um, you saw that they they referenced a, a mainland. Yeah, actually, so I caught on to that too. That like, island. is this an island? But why the fuck would this island look like Utah? <laughs> Oh, is it like the whole fucking thing man-made? Well, it, but you have, you brought it before that Ford seemed like he was doing some massive terraforming. Yeah, and I've heard some people even question if it's on, you know, if it's on Earth. If it's even at on all. Earth at all? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? 
that's no moon. It's a space station. Uh, I don't think it's a space station, but I, I could <laughs> see it being something extraplanetary. Like I, I'm, I'm that's with an you. Like question. I could definitely see that being the case. Uh, that would make sense why no one's able to leave except for the trains. Like they go to the, you know, the launching pad. Um, I mean, it also seems ridiculous that they would have cordoned off an entire continent to make all these pleasure parks. Yeah, it would take a lot, wouldn't it? Yeah. It, I mean, maybe they just went, you know, fuck Australia. Or, or maybe just we've just fucked up the earth well enough with global warming that in, in, Antarctica. in 50 years, this is just Greenland. Or Antarctica. Or, or Antarctica, whatever. Um, that would be interesting, actually. Except this, the they'd have to the, they'd, the light they'd have would to be, be a different dome. though. Say what? Yeah, I was gonna say it has it have to be a dome and an artificial sun. Yeah, I was yeah. Just gonna say. There's there's no aurora borealis or three hour nights, whatever. <laughs> um. So any, any tangents? Any other tangents. Uh, general predictions, sir? Um, I mean, that's the thing. Other than. It's like, is this going to just turn into a straight-up action show? I don't know. There's I there's mean, no chance, zero chance of it becoming a straight-up action show. I, I think the, like, pacing, man, what, what, the pacing is going to change, but I think there's yeah. a 0% chance of it becoming an action show. It's like, what kind of, how long is the resolution of violence going to take? Um, what is going to be the response of the humans? I'm just trying to think of where they could bring intellectual I, intellectualism uh, into the show. It, it continuously. Almost, uh, I'm, I'm just hoping. I'm worried. I'm just I'm hoping we're not worried. going to sort of some sort of weird uh, Ayn Rand libertarian agenda thing or something <laughs> like that. That, that would I'm ruin little, it for me. Okay, I said before it couldn't be ruined, but now that would ruin it. I just, I just remembered. That's one of the first things I said to my wife after it was done. It's like I'm actually a little worried about second season just turning into a violent no it's fest it's just not it, with jonathan nolan doing it it's just not going to happen um All right. and i think well i mean abram abrams is going to go whichever way and but i think the real the real creative control is between abrams and lisa joy yeah i just said abrams nolan and christopher and lisa joy and if it is if it is on another planet are you know could they be preparing could ford and arnold kind of want to be preparing the hosts to uh what about you know, send mars them out i mean into the universe you think uh, send them out i'm into sorry the I, I just zoned out what'd you say well could they be preparing you know one of the one of the hardest parts about colonizing space is unlike the host that you see just kind of standing there and then can be brought back no problem you know they can just be standing there basically dead and then be brought back we can't really do that so it's going to be hard for us to colonize space yeah so could could either the company or, or or Ford and Arnold be interested in, you know, this is the next evolution of man that's going to uh, conquer interstellar space? Um, well, the, I was thinking maybe I was thinking I just remembered, though, um, you remember Calvin and Hobbes comic strips? Of course. Yeah. Um, Bill Watterson would whenever he did his like spaceman spiff where he had Calvin in space. He would yeah. he would all he would look at the the landscape of Utah for the space you know the space uh, landscape and 
wouldn't that be interesting? I mean, like I can imagine like Mars, like if you even look at the stuff from the rovers now, like if they, if they terraformed and made Mars habitable, like that, like what if Mars is fucking West world, future world, Roman world, samurai world? Like I, we, we don't know how far in the future it is. So this could be a very real possibility. And that could definitely make things it's, interesting for it's where far season enough in the future that you could just, it's far enough in the future that you can just cut someone's throat and they'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true, that's, too. That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I'm not, buying, I'm not necessarily buying the whole 50, just 50 years in the future thing. Okay. Anything else you want to say, prediction-wise, sir? Um, well, like I said, they. I, I hope they can keep it uh, you know, thought-provoking. Indeed. I think, just, I think we're, we're definitely going to get some more of that next, next season when it finally comes around. I, I'm... I am. I'm a little worried, but I'm hopefully we'll be proven wrong. Oh, I think I think we we're good. We're good. We're good, Jeff. We're good. All right. Well, uh, I think that wraps up Kinky Tauntaun Fifteen. Uh, yep, Buchacha is out. Mister Tangent Man, Jeff is out. Go file your paperwork. I poop too much, <laughs> and then I get tired. Hello, cutie pie. What is thy bidding, my master? Listen to me very carefully. You are mine now. You belong to me. My nipples are very sensitive. Feel how soft my skin is. Do it. Do it! <laughs> Ew, seriously? That is so gross. Bear fucker! Do you need a sister? Kinda grabbed you by the boo-boo, don't it? More teens are having fuck, having luck. He has an erection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all her fault. Then got an idea. A wonderful, awful idea. Seduction used to be an art. Now, of course, it's brutish and it's predatory. And here's what consent is. The person is severely intoxicated or unconscious as a result of alcohol or drugs. Is physically or developmentally disabled. The victim is under the age of 13 or is elderly. So as long as the girl's 13, she can give consent for sex, provided it's creative and enthusiastic. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. No means yes, if you know how to spot it. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. I am not gay. I never have been gay. He says he's not gay, but uh, let's see what a few drinks and a back massage will do to him, huh? What do you think? Me? You? The old lady? A little sandwich action? Okay. But I get to be on top. Oh! Let me guess, you dropped the soap. Please take that out of my ass. You're in more dire need of a blowjob than any white man in history. Gross, right in the fucking eyeball. Because it, it really does make you feel like you're inside this 11-year-old girl. In a profoundly wholesome way. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. I think you are filth. I think you are scum. You are a degenerate! I'm not a pervert! You still here? It's, it's over. over. Go home. Oh, yeah.
ready for some podcasting with Jeffrey. Jeffrey? Sound like Sarah Palin. Anyway, are you ready for this, dude? Are you ready for um, this? I do believe I I am. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready to uh, rumble? Yep. Already. Um. Okay. Wait. 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 Hold on. Hold on. What? I like. I was working on something earlier. Uh, I'm gonna bring up the file. Hold on. Well, fine. I'm gonna take a hit off my inhaler. Uh, is it really an inhaler, Jeff? Yes, I wouldn't want to record a show high. I would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <sighs> I had to prove I'm a real nerd by taking my hit off my inhaler. Yes, push up your glasses. Make sure the pocket protector is situated on your <laughs> breast pocket, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's get I, out I, the twenty-sided die. Now I don't have any any of the nerd glasses, but I but uh, what I have might be worse. I have those yellow tinted glasses that you know reduce glare driving at night. They they look uh, so cool. Well, that is pretty lame, but at least they're not. <laughs> I mean, bifocals is probably the worst. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just waiting for the day. When the eye doctor tries to give me bifocals, I'm like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go fuck yourself. Well, hopefully soon they'll just be able to, like, inject stem cells into your eyes. No, not 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 with our current political situation. <laughs> All right. Sally fuck. Sally fuck. Sally forth. Sally forth.